Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in marketing and how to use their podcast to generate leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited that you're here. Hey, Savvies, welcome back to another episode of Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. Today, I'm chatting with Britt Colo. Britt Colo is the creator of the Marketing Personality Type Framework at marketingpersonalities.com and the host of the Marketing Personalities Podcast. Through her framework, designed to match you with your best marketing strategy based on your Myers-Briggs personality type, she's here to shake up your approach to marketing and inspire you to grow your business in a feel-good way. Meet Britt and get ready to go deep, find your true self, and grow that business of yours without feeling fake and salesy at marketingpersonalities.com. So I'm super excited to have Britt here to chat today all about her podcast called Marketing Personalities Podcast and just go in, dive into the ins and outs of what's working with her podcast and all the good stuff. So let's just dive right in. Hey Britt, welcome to the show. I'm super excited you're here and I cannot wait to chat all about podcasting with you. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast and just how you got started doing it all. Okay, let's dive right in. Jenny, thank you so much for having me. Um, So I'm Britt. I am the founder of marketingpersonalities.com and I also host the Marketing Personalities podcast. So if you're totally new to Marketing Personalities, what it is is a website that you can go to to find out what your best marketing strategy is based on your Myers-Briggs personality type. And uh, what I say around my company is when I feel good, my audience feels good. And that's the mantra that I have. Basically, all my podcast listeners, all my Instagram followers, my entire audience, I'm really working on getting them to really believe that and apply that to their marketing strategy. Because it's true, when you show up feeling good and in your natural strengths, your audience will naturally be attracted to that. But if you show up feeling kind of fake and salesy and like you should be doing this in your marketing, but you don't really want to, but somebody online told you that you kind of have to in order to be successful. Well, all of that kind of like fake and salesy and awkward and not great energy is going to be picked up on by your audience and they're not going to trust you as much. And we know that trust is necessary for that sale to happen, right? So when I feel good, my audience feels good. And that is what marketing personalities is set up to provide to people, to show them what's going to feel good for them based on their personality type. So that's Marketing Personalities uh, and the podcast. And we can go way back and talk about how the podcast actually started because it did not start as Marketing Personalities. Yeah. Let's just say that. that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'll go back and kind of give you the rundown of how this all kind of came about. So uh, a couple years ago when I was Pretty new in my business. Uh, I had I had left my job and started my marketing agency company in 2016, and I got into my first winter season. I'm in Pennsylvania, so it's really cold here in the winter, and I was home my first winter just working from home. I lived by myself. I wasn't married yet. I lived by myself. Um, I worked by myself. I might've gone to the coffee shop like once or twice a week, but 
probably not because I was kind of broke. <laughs> and, uh, and I just got really, really lonely that first winter. And like I was loving the work that I was doing, but I was really, really lonely. And I also, I'm also from a really small town, so I don't, I can't say that I have a lot of people that I connect with on many levels where I'm at physically, like in my physical location. So super lonely Brit, like come around like March, 2017. I'm like, yo, I got to find some people that speak my language and that get me. And I, in a I don't know why, honestly, but I decided that I wanted to have conversations with female entrepreneurs that I looked up to, that I thought were doing really cool things. And I decided to uh, kind of get unstuck and unlonely by starting a podcast <laughs> and having a reason to have conversations with people that I really wanted to get to know. And so that's what I did. I launched um, the podcast at that time, it was called Marketing in Yoga Pants. So I was speaking with female entrepreneurs about their marketing strategies, their businesses, and, and just giving us both a space to have a conversation, just, you know, peer to peer and, um, and connect. And I also, in that time, I started a free Facebook group. So I, I invited anybody who wanted to be a part of the Facebook group, female entrepreneurs. And then I had the guest each week. Uh, I invited them into the Facebook group to answer any additional questions that the group had and, and really kind of, again, bridging that gap between my audience that I had already built and the person that I was speaking to on the podcast. Cause there was, there's so often that kind of disconnect. You don't, you look at those people or you listen to people on podcasts and you think like, Oh, they're so much farther ahead of me. Like they've got it going on and I'm still like back here. There's just this, there's this gap, but it's totally false. Like that, that gap really doesn't exist. It just does in our mind. And so I wanted to bring all of us together and, and connect and create a community around this. That's how the podcast started. And then, and I mean, I did that for quite a while, June, 2017 to uh, the end of 2018. So that was a, a year and a half. Um, and then when I shifted my company over into the marketing personalities brand, I decided to shift the podcast over as well and bring everything under that one umbrella. And so I rebranded the podcast uh, on January 1st, 2019. And now I have conversations, again, obviously still about marketing, but um, not just with female entrepreneurs anymore. And uh, we're really trying to dig into the guest personality type so we can, so we can, you know, learn about that type and get some insight into how they do their business and how they do their marketing strategy and glean wisdom from that. So that, that's kind of like the crazy long story of the podcasting journey. And I've loved it. I mean, I, it's definitely my favorite type of content to create and that's why it's stuck around for so long. It's just so much fun to me. Yeah. I loved watching you evolve from marketing yoga pants to now marketing personalities. Cause it's been really cool kind of seeing how you took your show and just were like, all right, like this doesn't really align with what I want to do anymore. So I'm just going to change it. Cause you know, it's not really easy to rebrand, um, 
you know, people expect something of you. And then when you change it, they're like, wait, what? You know, they either end up loving it and sticking around or, you know, they're like, peace out girl. But I think it's just really interesting because I recently rebranded my show and it's been interesting in my business and stuff. It's just been interesting seeing like who sticks around through it all and who is just kind of like, okay, this is not really for me anymore. So yeah, I, I think that's really cool. Um, so I know your podcast, you kind of do a mix of like solo and interview style, mostly interview style, correct? Right? Yeah, mostly. I kind of, I, I've been working in more solo cast kind of things and just like experimenting with it. I even did a solo cast kind of series throughout the month of, I guess it was kind of like June and July this, this year and just to play around with it because I was kind of well, to be honest, I like to batch all of my interviews. I was getting to the point where I was like, okay, I either need to set up a bunch of interviews to get through the summer or I can just like, just get on the mic and record them without having to, you know, match up schedules and schedule with people and communicate and whatever. It just seemed a lot easier. And once I gave myself permission to do that series, like lots of solo casts in a row, mm-hmm. I was coming up with all this content. I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much to say. So I might as well do that. So yeah, I mean, most of the time it's interviews, but I do have some solo cast little series in there that are also fun. Yeah, I think it's important to kind of weave in our expertise within like the guest interviews and stuff too. Mm -hmm. With the guest interviews, you're still showing your expertise, but it's not like, you know, just you talking in the mic really like, going hard at what you have to say. So I think, I think kind of a mix of the two is really, really good for kind of building that like, or no like and trust factor kind of thing. And then, you know, you still get to have those conversations with people. I think that's my favorite part is the interviews, but I do think solo episodes are beneficial as well, for sure. Um, Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I like listening to, uh, podcasts that are just solo cast from specific people. I mean, it's, it's not something I wouldn't say that while well, I'm thinking through all the podcasts that I usually listen to and there's like, there are like two that are simply just straight up solo casts, mm-hmm. very few interviews on it. And I, I dig it, but it's not, it's not always something that I dig. I think you kind of have to be like the right person to do that. And I think I could probably come up with that much content on my own, but I don't want to. Like, I would really just rather have those conversations. The conversations is where it's at for me. So that's what I do. And I think with you, you, you're able to kind of step into certain personality types, which would be a little hard since you obviously aren't every single personality type. I mean, if you're knowledgeable, that's one thing, but like living as that personality type is like a completely different experience. Totally. Yes. I love that. And then are you doing like weekly episodes or how often do you put out content? Yeah, I I actually was thinking about this uh preparing for this interview. I've I have published a weekly podcast episode every single Thursday since June 1st of 2017. Like haven't missed a single one. And that's that's like awesome and crazy to me. It feels like I just started this thing and I've been doing it for more than 2 years. It's very weird and I always put out one episode a week. That's crazy. So you haven't taken any breaks whatsoever. No breaks. That's, no. That's amazing. I never really, I never wanted to, you know, and actually I started when I first started the podcast, I, um, I got really good advice to when you're starting something like this, call, 
call the first batch of interviews season one. And then just to like feel it out, see if this is really what you want to do. And then you can call your next batch season two. And being that they're seasons, you can always, you can always end it. Like you don't have to go on forever and ever. Um, and so I did that. I started with season one and immediately I realized like, this is the best thing ever. I'm never looking back and I love this so much. So one week season one ended the very next week season two started. And then I kept going, I kept doing like the season thing. Cause I felt like I was supposed to continue doing that. And then eventually I'm like, dude, I'm never stopping this. So I'm, I've been on season five for like a year and a half now because, <laughs> because I just, uh, there's no like end in sight and there, it would be really ridiculous to have like season 72. So, so yeah, I right. Right. kept going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I've taken like kind of breaks during the holidays. So maybe like two weeks during the holidays. I've taken like two weeks during the holidays or something like that. Or like maybe like I took maybe two weeks this summer because I was transitioning to my new show, but I don't, I haven't really taken very many breaks either. I just love podcasting so much and it just feels like so right. Whereas with blogging, I would be like, Oh, sorry, I've been gone for a month. Oops. <laughs> so it's yeah. just like, you know, if you find a medium that you really love, then it's like really hard to actually take a break from it. Cause you're so into it, especially with batching and stuff. It makes it easy. You could easily record 52 weeks of content, like in a week or two weeks or whatever. I, I personally do it every single quarter. So I record like one week, a quarter, and that's kind of how I get my content. So. Yeah, same. B batching, batching is the secret to my being able to publish an episode every week. I, if I had to show up every week and and record a new one and publish that one, no, I there's no way I could do that. I right. totally get that some people do it that way, but that is not me, not me at all. I have to batch. Right. I have to have. I don't. I feel uncomfortable if I don't have like at least four if not five or six weeks already done right like I, I get a little itchy when I get like less than four already <laughs> done and like in the queue and I'm like okay I like I really need to record again so <laughs> right I feel the same way it just makes it so easy I mean obviously like with certain niches like if you're doing pop culture you're not going to batch record because obviously something that's relevant right this week's not going to be relevant in two weeks or beyond. So, um, those are definitely harder to batch record, but like business podcasts, like you can batch record and give yourself permission to do that. If, if it's a, if you have a niche that you can do that, do it. Like, don't, don't like, don't try to do it every week. That's so crazy. And you're gonna totally out and you're not going to put out episodes and then you're just going to like be like, oops, I haven't posted in five weeks. All right. Let me try picking it up again. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Cool. So when it comes to your podcast, what is like one, maybe two things that are working best right now? Okay. So right now I have really been enjoying creating different questions for each guest that I'm interviewing. And this is different for me because for the longest time, I mean, the entire time that I had marketing and yoga pants podcast, I had the same questions for every guest. And that worked beautifully because at, the listener knew exactly what to expect. And I like podcasts like that. That That's fun for me because I'm always curious to hear the different perspectives with the same exact questions. 
it's very, that's like endlessly fascinating to me. So I always had the same questions. And then I continued that when I rebranded in January, I continued that the questions were different from the old brand to the new brand, but I continued asking this just about the same questions to every guest. And then I don't know. I just, I think that I started realizing that because I was trying to focus in on the marketing personality type of each guest there, I just wanted to ask different questions. I personally was craving the ability to ask these people about specific things that might not have been in the scripted questions that I had always asked. So I've been playing around with creating different questions for the different people ahead of time. And that I have really liked. I, I, I'm surprised by it actually, because for the longest time I'm like, no, 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 I don't have time for that. Like it's good enough just to ask the questions that I have here. And it's still really fascinating to hear different people answer the same questions completely differently. That's always cool. And I don't know, but these, the different questions that I've been asking these people, it seems like at least I'm enjoying it more. Like the conversations just seem richer and I'm, I'm enjoying that. So that's, that's one thing that really stands out. And then another thing, and I've done this for, I don't know, from the beginning, but it continues to be something that I think allows me to um, create a really good reputation for my brand and have more listeners consistently listening to the podcast. And it's my, my system of repurposing every podcast episode. So I really do treat um, my weekly podcast episode as the number one piece of content that needs to go out every single week from me. And every other piece of content that I create is solely based on that one podcast episode. So it has it has legs. It can, it has an opportunity to get legs, right. And, and get out to enough people. And so I try, uh, I try really hard to make sure that I'm allowing that one podcast episode to really be talked about and seen on all the platforms that I'm, that I'm on over the course of the entire week and not just on the day. So real conversations can come up and people, if they don't listen to it on Thursday morning when it goes live, they might listen to it, uh, you know, that next Monday or Tuesday because I'm still talking about it, you know? And so they have an opportunity to go back and, and not miss it. And that, I, I, I've done that for so long, I think from the very beginning. And I think that I've watched that be powerful in, in like, as I look at, um, like my stats, like what days people are listening to things. Sure. The day that it goes live, it's high, but then I also keep talking about it. And Mondays and Tuesdays are always really high days as well because it hasn't been forgotten about. So that's, that's been helpful. Yeah. I think that makes total sense. And so many people miss the mark on that and they are just like, all right, let's promote the day it goes live and that's it. And like, that's just not how it works. And some people do their content in like kind of in a silo. They're like, all right, this is my Instagram content. Okay. My blog content, they don't like integrate it at all. And it ends up being not only kind of confusing for the people who are in your audience, but also confusing for you. And you're like, wait, what am I promoting right now? Like, exactly just so much going on. So it's definitely easier to integrate it and make sure it's all cohesive and concise because 
it's easier on you. It's easier for your audience to understand. And you know, I don't know why like people think they need to do something for every single channel. It just can be very similar just with different strategies behind it. So definitely way easier. And I love that. And I, and I think it's funny that you mentioned like you had the same questions and now you're branching into different questions because I was the opposite. So I had different questions for every single person like from the get go. And now all my questions are basically the same unless I have someone talking about like a specific topic, like SEO for podcast or something. Um, so it's, it's, it's super funny, but I, I was concerned about the same questions being too repetitive and your concern was like, Ooh, but I didn't like the same questions. So, um, it's kind of funny to see like two different perspectives on that. Like I've been liking having the same questions. Cause like you said, like it's hard to come up with a bunch of questions that are going to be different every single time. Um, and it's actually been easier now that I'm not creating all these different questions every time, but it's still mm -hmm. beneficial to the audience. Cause they're like, Ooh, this person has a different take than the person from last week or the week before that. So definitely interesting. Totally. And yeah. as, as a listener and as a podcast host, I like both. It's just like right now I'm kind of really digging the different questions. And then, you know, at some point in the future, I can I have to imagine like eventually I'm just gonna be like, whoa, I seriously don't have the brain space to create different questions for everybody. Let me go back to my tried and true questions and see what comes up, you know? So. Yeah. And you can totally do that. Like, you know, even though everyone mm -hmm. has a personality type, you can still ask similar questions because they're going to answer it way differently than they would no matter what. So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely right. to play around with. And that's a good thing about podcasting. You're not really stuck to one way of doing things. You can switch it up and see if, something different works. And then if you don't like it, you can go back to your old ways or, you know, do something different there. So it's not like there's one clear cut way that you have to podcast. So Definitely. Okay. So now let's go to the other side of things. So I don't really love the world word of failure, but like, what is one thing you wish you could have done differently with your podcast, if anything, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, this is such a good question. And I, I was talking to someone, one of my close friends, she's thinking about starting a podcast and we, we got on a quick call the other day just to kind of run through, like, tell me about the best practices that you've found and like, what have you screwed up? So I don't do that. You know, like that was kind of the question, like, okay, help me not do what you've done that you wish you hadn't. And, um, one thing that really stands out was I tried at one point doing two episodes a week. And this was back in, I think like the summer of 2017. Mm -hmm. And that was way too much for me. It was just too much. Like I, I, it, I could produce it and we could publish it, but I didn't feel like I had enough time between episodes to promote the episodes. And so I just felt like one really great conversation would go out on Tuesday and I would talk about it a little bit, but then by Thursday I would have to talk about this other really great conversation. And I felt like, man, the Tuesday person really didn't get a great opportunity to get her message out because now we're already on to the next thing. And it just, it just felt like too much all at once. And so I tried it and it didn't work. I did it for one season and I was like, never mind, guys, we're doing this weekly and not two, two a week. So tried it, didn't love it. That wasn't for me. Uh, and I think also, when I look back, I think I dodged a couple bullets that I'm really grateful that I, that I dodged. So first of all, I still think that it was really great advice to start with season one and then go with season two 
and then season three until you really, until I really knew that it was for me and I wanted to continue. I suggest that to anybody. Um, I suggest that to bloggers too, when they're asking me about like, well, what, what should my schedule be? And I encourage them to, to start with doing a series, you know, do like a, do some kind of series, commit to yourself that you're going to publish it once a week for, I don't know, four, six, 10 weeks, whatever it is, when it, however long this, the series is, and then recalibrate and see how that feels, you know? So um, making that short-term commitment schedule to the schedule, I think that helped me. And I'm really glad that I started that way. I'm also really glad that I outsourced production from the very get go. I feel like, cause I remember back then I didn't really feel like I had the capital to do that, but I still felt like, well, if I don't, if I don't outsource the editing and the publishing of it, this could like take over my entire life. <laughs> and so I took a leap and I, I did outsource that from the very get go. I've never edited a single podcast episode of mine and we're like way into the hundreds of episodes. And I'm really glad that I did that. I think I, I'm proud of myself for making that decision because I think I dodged a bullet in, uh, in if I would have not done that, I think I, I don't know if I would still be podcasting, honestly, or like, I, I definitely know that it would have been a rockier road, at least for me. I totally get that some people love editing and getting their hands in all the details. Totally cool. That's not me. So <laughs> I'm glad I didn't do that. Yeah, I agree. Even with myself, like I don't like editing either. So I've always had my husband do it. And I know if I would have been like the editor, I would have had like, I would have been the bottleneck. I would have just not done totally. it. I just don't like that. And I agree. Like the two episodes thing, I did try that myself as well when I was first starting. And you're right. You just don't have enough time to promote it. And then you feel guilty if you have a guest episode and they're not like, you're not able to promote that. Or in my case, it was mostly solo episodes that I would do Tuesday and then guest on Thursday. And then I felt like, oh, okay, well, my solo episode didn't get as much, like, love as mm -hmm. I could have because I'm too busy trying to do two episodes a week. So, yeah, I completely mm -hmm. agree with that. And it's easier to keep up with one a week, too. It's just, like, there's a lot – you don't have to edit as many episodes. You don't have to write as many show notes. You don't have to do as many, you know, and plus that's cheaper if you're outsourcing editing or show notes or anything like that because you're only doing one a week, so four or five a month, give or take, um, depending on the month. Yeah, I agree. For sure. So now kind of let's move on to your listeners. So where do you find that you're currently kind of getting your listeners from? I know it's kind of hard to tell because we don't have anything like Google Analytics for podcasts, but um, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Come on, Apple. Like give us some data. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, it is really hard to know where my listeners are coming from, but from what I can tell, I when I hear from people and it's usually either from people emailing me, uh, like hitting reply to an email newsletter that I send out about a podcast episode and, or someone reaching out to me on Instagram, I tend to hear, I tend to hear that they heard about my podcast from someone else. It was recommended by another business friend and that's when they started listening. And then that's how they got into the entire brand experience that I have going on. So I think podcast referrals are alive and well, at least for my podcast. And I do my due diligence in sending my Instagram followers and my email subscribers to listen. 
So, I mean, I see that I, I to some point, I can see kind of traffic working that way. But again, it, it all breaks down because we don't, we can't see how people click through like we can in Google Analytics when it comes to podcasting. We just can't. But that's too bad. At some point, hopefully that gets better. Um, but I, I do think that my Instagram followers, eventually, if they follow me just for a day or two, they're going to find out that I have a podcast. They might click over listen. Um, my email subscribers, whether they found me through any channel, they're going to get an email about my weekly podcast. So then that could, that could be like, Oh, okay. She has a podcast. Let me click over and see what it sounds like sort of thing. And I also, you know, again, I can't track this, but I do recognize the power. I think what I'm seeing is I'm seeing the power in the uh, the title of the episode and also the keywords in my description, specifically on Apple, the Apple devices, because for some, um, for some episodes, I can tell that I've hit a really good title that comes up in search because the listens will be so much higher than the normal listens. Like to a point where I can't really, I mean, I've thought my way all the way around it. And the only thing I can come up with is this was something that Apple could easily send people to if they were searching for something similar. And so I've really, I, I over time have honed in on the attributes of a really great title and the keywords that I need in my description. Now, I'm not going to just put keywords in there uh, and have a title that doesn't make any sense. So I'm still going to title something what it needs to be titled, whether it's great for search engine uh, or not. But if I can sneak in a way to use some SEO goodness in that title and in, and in that description, I am seeing that. I think what I'm seeing, again, the data and the tracking, there's kind of like really hard to tell, but I'm pretty sure what I'm seeing is the effects of that. And so I'm trying to hone in on that and pay attention, learn what I can and keep that in my mind as I'm writing my show notes and writing the title and the description and all of that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think it's one of those things and yet, like you said, you don't really know. You kind of just like have to make an educated guess and hope that it's right. But yeah, there have been days that I'm like, oh, great. I just got like a spike of like 600 downloads on one day. And that's not normal because I didn't release a new episode or I didn't do anything. And I wasn't on anyone else's podcast. So what the heck happened? And I'm like checking mm -hmm. my Google analytics to see if it was like on the website or anything like that. And it's like, nope, I don't know what happened, but this is great. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's so, it's so sad. It. It's disappointing. I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. this is great. But yeah, it, I'm sure one day they will have analytics that are a little more um, advanced than literally just, oh, this person's from the U.S. or this person's from this. They don't even tell you the age group or they're like, or mm -hmm. at least at Libsyn, they don't tell you the age group or if they're, if they're like male or female, it's just like where they're from. I'm like, come on, I know you collect like when I go to the bathroom, like why are you not? Yeah. <laughs> like you have this data, why aren't you sharing it? It's very weird, but um, I'm hoping in the next couple of years we'll get better analytics, kind of more like a Google Analytics for podcasts versus just like websites. So fingers crossed on yeah, that. Yeah, I hope so. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So when you have those listeners, once you're like, they're listening, they're engaged, how do you kind of make those people turn into customers and buy your products or work with you one-on-one -on -one or things like that? 
I'm so glad you're asking this question because podcasts can be just a content outlet and they can also be a really strategic part of your marketing strategy. And when I started my podcast, I I already told you, it really was just an opportunity for me to have conversations and for me to just kind of dabble in this type of content, this format of content. And it it wasn't really a clear path to sale for me for a while, but now it definitely is. I learned enough through my fir- the first brand, Marketing and Yoga Pants, and then when I switched it over to Marketing Personalities, I knew that this, my podcast, had to be strategically placed and gear, toward, gear people toward becoming followers, subscribers, and paying customers. So... This works in a few different ways on the podcast as it is right now. First of all, the conversations that I have on the podcast naturally make someone wonder, well, what's my marketing personality type, right? Like that's a super obvious question that my listeners are going to have if they're new, right? They just found the podcast for whatever reason. We start, I start asking about what my guest marketing personality type is, we start jamming about it and they're automatically like, wait a second. Like maybe they know their Myers-Briggs personality type, but they don't, you know, they don't know how it applies to marketing. And that automatically gets them thinking about, okay, where do I need to go to find out what my type is? We as humans, we just need to know that kind of stuff. So that really works in my favor. So that's at least going to get them over onto my main page, marketingpersonalities.com, which is going to naturally move them onto my email list. Once they, if they go far enough in the process, that's going to get them as an email subscriber. And then also on my podcast, my outro, as it stands right now, I'm going to, I'm thinking about playing around with this, but as it stands right now, my outro mentions the um, marketing personality type full report, which is my signature product. It's basically like the number one thing you need to buy from my company to get what you need to put feel good marketing into place in your, in your business. So in the outro for someone who makes it all the way through the episode and who's been around a little bit, like they at least know their marketing personality type, they're going to get the, Hey, this is what the full report is. And for a lit as a, here's a coupon code for $10 off. Right. And that's only, I only give that to podcast listeners. So that gets them over to becoming a paying customer. And as a side note, um, as I, as I talk with my people, um, any, I don't really, I kind of do this strategically, but it's also very, very true. I tend to mention that the best place to, to reach me is on Instagram. And so I'm constantly talking about how my best conversations happen in Instagram direct messages. And so I know I've done, cause I've had people reach out to me there from the podcast. I know that people who are listening to the podcast and also active on Instagram, come, on, come over and follow me there, which isn't a subscriber and isn't a customer, but eventually they will be the way that my strategy works. So that's okay. That's kind of like the tertiary level of, okay, if you're not going to do the subscriber or the purchase right now, come over and hang out with me on Instagram. And that's good enough. I'll move them farther into the funnel once I get them there. 
Right. And I think since podcasting doesn't really have like a way to have a, like a community within the podcast itself, you have to have something external. So like with you, it's Instagram DM. Some people have like a Facebook group or something, but you have to kind of get them elsewhere so you can actually talk to them because they're just passively listening. They're not going to really take action. So like kind of being able to talk to them on multiple levels, like via the podcast on Instagram, all the different places is easy. It's easier to like actually make them want to become a customer at that point. Um, and, totally. uh, so with your, like when you're mentioning like your marketing personality full reports, are you doing a different link than that is on your, like a different link specifically for podcast listeners? So you can kind of track that or how does that work? Yes, I definitely do that. Um, so they go to, it's like, a very similar page. It all works the same, but it's a different URL. So I can track where they're coming from. And I also do that when I'm on other people's podcasts. So if I can, if I can do that, uh, I create a URL specific for that listenership. So if there's something special that I want to offer that, that audience, I can, and I can track that kind of traffic that comes specifically from that podcast interview or speaking opportunity or whatever. Again, just to, just to be able to track things more. I'm, I'm not like the biggest data nerd, but I do like to look at that kind of stuff. Um, I have to make sure that the, all the effort I'm pouring into my company is worth it. <laughs> and data is, is one of the ways I can tell that that's going to, that's true. Right. So yeah, I create a different, um, URL for my, for my listeners. Smart. Yeah. A lot of people actually don't do that. They're, they're just sending everyone to like the same journal link. I'm like, you know, you can just like easily duplicate the page and then name like the thing after the slash, I don't know of oh, the slug, that's what it's called. The slug, a different <laughs> thing so that you can track it. Right. And they're like, Oh yeah, I guess I do that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's super easy. So like you have to recreate the page. You literally just, um, use a different slug basically. So, um, yeah, I think that's really important and it's, it makes it easy to track. Like, cause you, like you said, you, you want to make sure that what you're doing, whether it's with your podcast or on other people's shows that is providing some type of ROI, whether it's getting people on your list or getting them to actually be paying subscribers, which they typically will be once they're on your list after time. So very smart. So how do you keep those people around? Like you have people listening and they want to work with you or they're already bought your product or whatever. So how do you like keep them around coming back for more? Um, what are some steps you take to do that with your podcast? Yeah. Well, at first when I, when I knew this question was going to be asked, I was like, huh, I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> nothing really came up except for the fact that I have shown up every single Thursday with a new episode without fail for, I did the math, 116 weeks in a row at this point. So even when I pivoted. And so at some point, uh, I, think that, I think that says something that to my listeners that I'm dedicated to the podcast and therefore they can trust me to show up every week. And I do for them. And I, and I think that that helps with, with retaining them as listeners. I also, something that I'm able to do, this is going to get a little like in the weeds here, just stick with me, but something that I do because I have such a highly segmented email list, because I have 16 different personality types that come into my email list every day and they're all tagged based on personality type. Um, I can't speak to every single personality type in every single podcast episode. So 
I being that the case, because it's all based on that, right. Based on personality type. Um, I, I could run the risk of not really speaking to a specific personality type for a couple weeks because it's just not really the, who I'm speaking with doesn't really line up with what would feel or be, um, interesting to them. And so what I've done with my email, my email campaigns that go out each week, um, telling the person about the new episode, if I know that the episode based on the segments is not really going to apply or appeal to a specific subset of my list, I'll tell them about the new podcast episode, but then I'll also tell them about the fact that like, this might not really be your jam. And so if you missed this episode or this episode, like you know, taking it back other episodes that I had already published, I give them the links to that. So at least they're listening to something and I can't, there's no, I mean, there are very few, I don't, there's probably no one on the face of the earth that has listened to every single podcast episode that I've published other than myself and my podcast editor. (laughs) So I can't assume that they've listened to those episodes. So instead of giving them the, the latest I can get, I can shoot them back to one or two other episodes that maybe, maybe they heard before, but maybe they didn't. And even if they heard it before, I definitely know that some people go back and listen to them again, just to kind of remember, oh yeah, this is how I operate. This is what applies to me. I don't need to get distracted with these other marketing options because that's not how I'm wired kind of thing. So that's something that I'm able to do with my segmentation. And honestly, I think any business is able to do that. If you can, if you, unless you're like super, super niche and you really only speak to one type of person, which is fine, which is totally fine. Um, but if you do have some segments to your audience, you could segment them in your list and think critically about if this latest podcast episode really speaks to everyone or only a subset. And do I need to kind of segment some people out and give them something different to listen to? So I don't lose them for a few weeks. Right. So that's something that I'm playing with. And I think I don't, I don't know, like numbers wise, if that's helping, but I think it is like, it, I mean, it makes sense to me. Right. So, and to me, that's like some pretty high service to my, my subscriber list. So I feel good about it. Probably going to work. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So are you like actually sending like the main email to like who, you know, it's for sure going to apply to, or most likely going to apply to, and then like doing a couple different, like smaller emails like with the same content but like if you don't it, or if you're this doesn't work for you then you link some or are you just doing one main email and then linking to the other ones within that main email so okay okay again kind of in the weeds but i think you're gonna dig this jenny because you're like you're into all the tech stuff yes. so what i use i use active campaign as my email list software. I don't know what to call that active campaign. And they have this super cool, uh, um, feature when you're creating an email campaign where you can set pieces of like blocks of the content as oh, yeah. conditional. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Convert- so, you know, yeah, yeah. Convert. To yeah. When I use it sometimes. So you'll have like different blocks. Like if they have this tag, then they get this part of the email. If they have this tag. They get right. This yeah. Okay. That makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. That's really smart because then you're not sending like. So when I can, yeah, when I can, I only create one email and it, but it'll look different depending on how you're tagged in, in 
my email list. Mm -hmm. uh, now, sometimes that gets a little messy. And so I'll break it up. Like for instance, I did an entire series on uh, introversion a couple of weeks, like, I don't know, at this point, it's been a, a month or two. But there were like five weeks there that I really specifically zeroed in on marketing for introverts. And so there were five weeks there where extroverts could have been like, this isn't for me, I'm out. So I created like two, two emails a week to speak. One really spoke to introverts and one really spoke to extroverts. Um, but other than that, usually it's like one email and everything else is, um, is just worked in with the conditional content. That makes so much sense. And that makes my heart happy because I, I have been yeah. that too. And it's, it's really cool. Like right now, my friend and I are doing a summit and we're like kind of using that to like the people who haven't upgraded, then they're getting like the little conditional tag, like, Hey, make sure to upgrade, but like, it's not bothering everyone. And it's just so fun to do right. that. And it makes it so easy. So you're not like sending multiple emails to different people because of that. And it's mm -hmm. such a cool feature. But anyway, that's, that's on a side note. But hey, if you guys like have something similar, like you don't like, for example, for me, I could do like, okay, this is for beginners, for podcasters. And then like, okay, there's going to be a series for beginners. And then like, I'll link to my more advanced podcasting type episodes for the people who aren't just starting. So um, that's right. really helpful. And that gives me smart. some ideas too. And I think that's really smart. So awesome there. Mm -hmm. um, so what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? And bonus points here, if it helps you with your podcast, you can name one or two. I know people have multiple favorites. So this is one of my favorite questions. Um, cause I love to talk about tools and I'm very adamant in that not every tool is for every person. And that's something I even go into when it comes to marketing personalities. I like, I'm very, very clear. This is, this might not work for you because you might not be like me, but for me, um, I use, I use Asana for all my tasks and all of my team's tasks. So we keep the podcast production tasks in Asana. It's really easy, easily um, duplicated for each episode because there's so many little tiny things that need to happen with every episode. So we easily um, duplicate the master task and then everything is automatically assigned to everybody. And Asana makes that so much easier than any other system I think you could use. And then um, the other thing, the other software that I use is Dubsado, which okay. is a client relationship management, CRM, whatever. Um, so what I, how I use Dubsado, I always used it with my one-on-one -on -one clients. And then I started realizing, Hey, like I could totally automate the communication with my podcast guests. Yeah. And so I started doing that. And so it's so much easier now because what I do is when I have someone, I have a workflow set up for any podcast guest, right? So repeatable workflow and I'm able to send out a form that every podcast guest fills out for me. Um, that gives me all the information, all the links that I need, their headshot, all, all of it, everything. It automatically sends as soon as they schedule their appointment. And then I have a few emails. So I'll send out a reminder email um, about a couple of days before their, their uh, interview recording. Mm -hmm. I send a thank you email after we've recorded. I send an email one week before the podcast goes live. And then the same email 
um, the day that the podcast goes live. So they have um, their shareable graphics and the links and everything, and they can't miss it. And they have a little time ahead of the time to kind of schedule that into their promo calendar. Right. So uh, I have all those emails and I used to do all of that manually. Like it would just show up in my Asana and it would say like email so-and-so <laughs> this, and I would have to go in and do that. And that is crazy pants. Eventually I had a VA do that. And then finally I was like, wait a second, this can be done in Dubsado. I made it into a workflow. It just does it now. And it's amazing. Best. I love Dubsado. Like for <laughs> many, many reasons. One of the main ones is podcast communication. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really smart. Um, I thought about using it for that as well. Uh, I just didn't really want to get like, cause I have a lot of one-on-one -on -one clients. So I was like, I don't really want to mix it too much. Cause I feel like that could get confusing. But um, I think, I think that's really helpful to use their scheduler too. Or do you use like something like Acuity? I do use their scheduler. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's, I used Acuity for the longest time and I really liked Acuity. There was nothing wrong with it, but I had Dubsado. I was paying for Dubsado. They came out with the scheduler tool. I kind of waited until the kinks kind of seemed like they were out. And then I started using it. And there have been a couple little like minor things like um, embedding it into, I, I think it's the, one, one time I had an issue with like embedding it in my website, but I think that was my website's issue and not Dubsado's. But other than that, like everything has been really great and I'm using it for all of my appointments, not just podcasts now. So yeah, I dig it. Cool. Yeah. I, I'm always curious because I haven't switched over yet either. I've been using Acuity and I just don't really want to break my flow, but I've heard good things about it too. So I just wanted to know if you use it for podcasts and stuff too. Yeah. It's hard when, when you, when you set up a system and you like systems and it's working, it's like, is it worth right. messing with it just to, in a, like, just to get something under the same umbrella or is it not? And yeah, I mean, I have things like that too. I happen to move most of my stuff over to, to Dubsado earlier this year, but it wasn't like an easy decision. I was like, oh, am I ready for this? But you know, it worked out. <laughs> right, right. Um, right now my saving grace is canned emails in Gmail and then they just got a new scheduling feature a couple months ago, maybe last month or something. So that's been cool too. Like, yeah. Directly in Gmail, but yeah, I think more automated. I, I love that part too. So I'm considering kind of switching to so that I can at least have those emails that are like, Hey, here's, here's your, um, you know, you're going live in one week or, you know, here are your graphics and things like that. So that's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, what is your current favorite podcast? Um, just, you know, some people will tell me like, Oh, I don't listen to any podcasts other than my own, but, um, I, I had to ask as, a, as this is a podcast about podcasting. Uh yeah, that is definitely not going to be my answer because <laughs> I have been, okay, listen, I have been listening to podcasts since even before podcasts were like a thing. I remember the first time I started listening to podcasts, I, I would like be a little shy about like talking about them with people in like real life because I knew that people didn't even know what it was. And then I would have to explain it. And then, you know, and people will be like, wait, what? Like you listen to that kind of stuff? Like what happened to music? You know? So this is like way, way long time ago. I started listening to podcasts and I've literally never looked back. I have them on all day long. And so when I saw, I knew you were going to ask me this question and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to pick one. That's impossible. But this is my current, I have, uh, 
Okay, I have two. I have two current favorite podcasts. I listen to like, I don't know, over 20 a week. That sounds like <laughs> such a big number, but I do. It's like so much audio. We got to remember, like I work from home right. by myself, right. me and my dog and my cat. Like, so lots of silent time that needs to be filled with podcasts. But anyway, so my two favorites right now are the expanded podcast with Lacey Phillips, super woo woo. Go ahead and judge me. Totally fine. Like she's a total hippie dippy in like Topanga, California. And it's great. I love her. And I like, so I tend to, do you do this, Jenny? Do you listen to your podcasts on like two X? Do you do that? Yeah. Well, actually I don't even need to okay. I talk really fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah you I, do. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's true. But like, I tend to listen to all of any podcasts I listen to. I usually listen to it at one and a half, at least one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I, depending on who it is, like, I know there's some people who talk really fast. I'm like, okay, I don't need to, but there are some people that don't talk fast and I'm like, okay, let's, let's speed it up a little bit. Like, yeah. 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 (laughs) So, but these, these two podcasts that I'm going to share are podcasts that I actually like to listen to at one speed just because even, and they're really long episodes. Like Lacey's last episode was like almost two hours and I just put it on one, one speed. And it was just like a massage for my brain. It was amazing. She's just like super calm. And there's something about the calm voice right now for whatever reason is just like speaking my language. So the expanded podcast. And then I also really love what should I read next with Ann Bogle? Hmm. She, have you listened to this one yet? I have not, but I'm always okay. up to new ones. Yeah. So this, and these, these are not business podcasts. I listen to a ton of business podcasts. Don't get me wrong, but like these ones just seem to be my favorite listens right now. But, um, Ann brings on just random people under a podcast. They give her three fiction books they love and one they don't love. And then she gives them three recommendations for what they should read next based on that. And it's like, (laughs) it's the weird, it's the weirdest thing. I mean, I don't even know why I like it, but it's really fun to listen to. And I really like Anne's voice and her laugh is hilarious and it's just easy to listen to. So yeah, two really random, super weirdo listens that I'm really digging right now. <laughs> that just goes to show that you can make a podcast out of pretty much anything. <laughs> literally any, literally anything. Also, have you noticed that, have you kind of noticed the trend of these like micro podcasts where it's kind of just like a, an audio series and it, they all, it, all the episodes get launched at once. There's like maybe seven yeah. or 10 episodes. It kind of feels like a Netflix series right? and kind then, of, and you're just able to like binge, binge the story or binge whatever they're trying to teach you when you're done and it's over. I kind of, I like that. Yeah. I think, I think I've seen a couple people doing that and I know a couple people who do that with like different things. Like I know someone who has a podcast about podcasting as well. And then they also have like one that's for like advanced and one who's for beginners and the one for beginners, they like, they released all these episodes and they don't release anymore, but they're just still out there and you know, they still yeah. listen to you and stuff. And I think that's really interesting. I don't know if I could do that, but it's, it's interesting to kind of see those ones that are like more like Netflix style. The first people I really, I noticed doing that was, I can't remember anymore. I haven't listened to it in years. I don't think they put out episodes anymore. Um, 
never mind, I don't remember the title, but they, they would do like <laughs> release it and then they'd go away until like May and then they'd release another one and then they'd go away and they'd release another one and go away. So they were doing like full, like their seasons were just like all at once. And I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, it would, I would, I don't think I'd do well with that. I like the consistency every single week because otherwise I'd be like, Oh, it's time to podcast again. I kind of forgot how to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, yeah, I tend, it's an interesting trend and I'm, I'm curious. I see a lot of different, uh, industries doing it for sure. Like the true crime kind of stuff and like the story-based podcast, that kind of thing bingeable makes a ton of sense. It's just like Netflix, right? Right. Um, or kind of like an audiobook. But I, I also kind of see it being an interesting trend for the business space too. Like if you have something to teach someone, again, it's got to be like super strategic. We've got to know exactly if someone's going to find this episode, the, these podcast episodes, binge the whole thing. And then you've got to give them something else to do. There's, there's got to be a reason that it exists there. Um, but to throw some ads at that series and get as many people listening to that, I, I, it really intrigues me. And I kind of want to experiment with it a little bit or find someone who wants to experiment with it and just like consult with them on the strategy for it. I think it's kind of rad. I'm, I'm interested to see how that, if that trend continues or if it dies out or what, like just pretty fascinating. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting too. And it's something I've been looking at. I've been hearing more people talking about it too. And I'm just like, hmm, see, I don't know if I have like the energy to run a third show because I do have two now, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, that, that's interesting though. But it's, it's a cool concept. Yeah. Awesome. Totally. Well, just let us know where we can find you. So your website, your social media channels, all that good stuff. Okay. So main website is marketingpersonalities.com. I'm sure at this point you're like, wait, I need to know my marketing personality type. So go there, marketingpersonalities.com. And like I said before, Instagram is my jam. You can come over and find me at being personalities. Awesome. Well, I'll link everything that showed up. So everyone can go check you out. You definitely need to, Britt is awesome at what she does and knowing your personality type for marketing really helps you do marketing that feels good instead of feeling sleazy and slimy. So go check it out. And thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash episode 132. Make sure to join the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs Facebook group, if you haven't already, for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and so much more. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave a review. You can find us at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com and on Facebook and Instagram at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash community. See you in the next episode.